0: Welcome in, everyone, to Scoop Du Jour. Today's guest might not look familiar to a lot of people, but to me, a very special guest, my dad, David Black. And a lot of my guests have been athletes, coaches, media members. You're not one of those. But you are a very special sports influential person to me because you're the reason I love sports so much.
1: So well, thank you.
0: Thank you for doing this for me. It's so special to me, and it's it's really it's really cool because we've shared a lot of sports moments. Yes, right? we have. Um, and so you're we're, you're a little nervous. We, we did this whole setup. We have to like thank Grant, my brother. Yes, because he helped us so much. Um, and, and mom who's in the background, we have like a full, like live studio audience. I haven't even done a live one yet. And they may
1: be the only people actually interested in this, of course.
0: This might be the first and the last. Okay. But you know, you never know if you don't try. Exactly. That's what mama said to me about doing the one with the rock. You never know if you don't try if I reach out to him.
1: You never know. We're hoping you're going to get him.
0: Yeah. You never know. Um, but. So really, like, why I got so interested in, in sports was was because of you. Because I, I remember, and I think everyone reminds me all the time, like, I would be little and we'd watch games, particularly baseball. So, like, your love of sports is mostly baseball, right? Would you say that's, like, your number one sport or would it be college football?
1: Both. Those are my two favorites.
0: And tell everyone, like, what you and I would do when we were little and then what, like, where your fandoms came from.
1: Okay. So, I mean, this wasn't, like pre-designed. I would just be watching sports and you would come and either sit next to me or when you're really little, you would lie on top of me and watch the games as I would watch them. And then eventually it evolved into as we watched games, especially when we're watching baseball, I would say to you, like, well, is that a ball or a strike? And you would start calling balls and strikes. And I think that's sort of how you began to learn baseball.
0: And, it, like, especially in a sport like baseball, you have to pick up on, like, the nuances and stuff, which you know so well, because I, I would say that's probably, like, Your most knowledgeable sport—not that you're not knowledgeable in the other ones—but I would say that's probably the sport. I think you're. If I had to say you're an encyclopedia in any sport, I would say it's baseball.
1: Uh, No, I would agree because there's the rules of baseball, there's the history of baseball, there's the nuances of the strategies you watch the games, and you and I would start talking about it, and I probably bored you to death at times, but we would talk about why is this a rule? Well, why is that a block? You know, why is he out? And then I would talk about the You know, the strategy, like, would you bunt at a certain time? Would you switch pitchers? And we would start talking about it. And you would just hang out with me and watch the games
0: there. We always do this kind of funny thing where we would like quiz dad on like who was in the World Series in 1971. I mean, do you know?
1: 71, I'm not sure, but it might have been Pittsburgh and Baltimore,
0: but I'm not really sure. Well, we'll have to fact check after. Okay. Eventually, we'll have like a fact, for the, a fact checker, a producer, an editor. It's not going to be like a full one-man band one day, but um, then you can say you were on Scoop de Jour.
1: That's true. The- I can tell you who was in 1968. Okay. And the reason I can tell you is because back then, my favorite team was the Detroit Tigers because I got a baseball in spring training. And I got the autograph of a pitcher named Denny McLean, who's the last 30-game winner in the major leagues. Probably will be the last 30-game winner ever. So ironically, I rooted for the Detroit Tigers against my all-time favorite team now, the St. Louis Cardinals. And the Tigers won in seven games.
0: Wait, so you didn't tell us how you transitioned from loving the Tigers to now being a diehard Cardinals fan. And for those who don't know, now we live in South—or I don't live there, but— I grew up in South Florida, where there's the Marlins, but you're a diehard Cardinal, so tell everyone how that fandom came to be.
1: Well, so we didn't have sports teams down here. So the Dolphins started in 1966, but there were no other sports, so there was no baseball team. And my father and I used to go to the minor league games for the Fort Lauderdale Yankees because they trained in Fort Lauderdale, and so I'd watch those games and, and watch the Yankees, but I really had no affiliation, and then I went to college in St. Louis in 1976, so I was a blank slate. I probably would have rooted for whatever city I ended up in, but St. Louis is a real baseball town, and you get caught up in it right away, and it stuck with me, and I do love the Cardinals.
0: So what was this year like for you as a fan watching the last year of Yachty, of Pujols coming back, of Adam Wainwright? What was that like as a fan?
1: Very special. I mean, there have been a lot of great Cardinal teams, a lot of great memories for all the Cardinal fans. This year was particularly special because... Yachty is an iconic player, you know, clearly going to be in the Hall of Fame, probably the Cardinals' greatest catcher ever, and it's his last year. Um, Then you have Adam Wainwright, who may or may not have been his last year. who's one of my favorite all-time players, and he's coming back next year. And then my all-time favorite player is Albert Pujols. So getting him to come back to the Cardinals and finish his career in St. Louis was only fitting. And so to watch my favorite player all-time play for the Cardinals and then reach 700 home runs that was pretty special.
0: So we should mention that our family group text, you would always, and I think I tweeted about this, when you got to around like 7 or 690, you would send like just the numbers to us, 690, <laughs> was... and then the 691, 692. Yes. And then when we finally got to 700, were you home watching? Yes. Yeah.
1: It was in Los Angeles. But so my wife got me the MLB package. You can pick whatever team you wanted. So I get all the Cardinal games. And when we started doing this a few years ago, I thought I'd watch a certain number of games, but as it evolved, I watch almost every game. I mean, it would have to be like a Wednesday night in Pittsburgh that I might miss, but normally I watch every game. So I was watching all the games, and as the season rolled along after the All-Star break, and when he got hot, he got closer and closer, so I would do a group text as he would hit the number. And the Cardinal announcer would always, as the ball was in the air going out, would say the number of what it was. So I'm watching it, it's happening, and I'm texting you guys, to tell you this is happening
0: it was it was cool to like screenshot them all each day it happened because we're cardinals fans by association now grant my brother having gone there um but speaking of your wife she's in my rear view with a fact check for us um yet your wife my mom 1971 world series pirates versus orioles is that what you said Yes. Yeah. Okay. There you have it. Our encyclopedia. Um, You got it right. Yeah. Because it's documented. You can't take it back once it's out there. We
1: didn't set that up because
0: we didn't tell me that was coming. I don't know where 1971 came from. I just, I don't know why I threw that out there.
1: I don't know. It's a good thing you picked a year that I actually knew. Yeah. Because you could easily embarrass me because I don't know them
0: all. No, that was purely just random. Um, we We didn't plan, you know, and in fairness, you did ask me for a bunch of questions um, in advance, and um, we, you know, we just said we're gonna we're gonna let it roll off the cuff, however, however we it comes yeah. to be. So you asked, you know, for a few things we'll talk about um, college football being your other baby, which I think that's my thing. That you and I, I love baseball, but like college football is having lived in the SEC, it lived in SEC towns now, like that's what I love, and I love talking right. to you about it. So we grew up going to Gator games all the time. Yes, you went there for a lot of school. Yes. What's the, your
1: best memory as a Gator fan? Well, there are a lot. So, um, so I am a diehard Florida Gator fan. Um, I love watching college football. I'll watch it all day Saturday. I mean, I enjoy that more than anything else. Whereas I wouldn't watch a baseball game between two other teams that I didn't care about unless it were the playoffs. But I think Saturdays are special. And if you don't root for a team that's in the SEC, it's sort of hard to understand. Mm-hmm. It's different. Um, it's just It matters. You know, whether you root for Auburn or Alabama or Georgia, um, it's just special rooting, rooting for your college football team. It's great to go to the games. Um, where I when undergrad was a small school where they had a football team, but it was D3, and it didn't really matter. And then I got to Gainesville for law school, you know, and then you go watch the Gators. And then, like, the second we come there, they're playing USC. And I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> I mean, this is a team I watched on TV as a kid because I liked USC back then. They were always on TV they great teams and all of a sudden it's right there and we could go all the time but I loved going to Gator games I still do and we used to take you and your brother at least once a year um it was a lot of fun and you asked me and I didn't lose the question what's my favorite Gator memory well I mean my favorite Gator player is Tim Tebow of course um winning the national championship with him watching him win the Heisman um he actually played in two national championships one won as a freshman and a junior. So those were pretty special.
0: That's when I remember really falling in love with college football because I feel like before that I didn't understand it as much or really get it as much um, because I was so young. But then being in middle school and really liking it and watching Tim Tebow, that's when I just loved it. And then when I got to interview him last year, yeah. I, just, I just remember I, I was like, I wish my dad was here to meet him. And I said that to him. I was like, I wish... He could have met him. Your
1: dad wishes that too. (laughs) (laughs) That's still a dream of mine.
0: Okay. So, okay. You've asked me this question and I think it's such a good question for a podcast and just in general, it's like good for a state question. Who would you want to have dinner with? Athlete, human, political figure. Who who would you want to have dinner with if it were like three people? Anybody? Yeah.
1: Okay. I would go with uh, Tim Tebow. Let's do Albert Pujols and Barack
0: Obama. The, that would be like three iconic people. Yeah. would you ask all of them the same question or just let conversations flow? Like, would you have one question that would be directed to each of them, the same question?
1: Probably be different because of the different sports and yeah. the different life experiences. and uh, I mean, I couldn't even imagine.
0: Yeah.
1: having dinner with any one of those would be amazing, but it's it's uh, it'd be pretty special.
0: It'd be probably kind of fun because a few weeks ago, President Obama was on, or former President Obama was on the Manning cast. And yeah, I mean, he has a great personality. Albert Pujols is obviously a great human. And then Tim Tebow has got like a cool life trajectory now, too. So it'd be a cool one.
1: That would be great. And I saw President Obama was on Trevor Noah the other night. and They were talking about like, you know, what should I call you? And he said, well, you should call me Mr. President. (laughs) (laughs) It was really cute.
0: Yeah. Like good people with good sense of humor, too. Yeah. I like that
1: but i also the reason i also like besides the fact they played for my favorite teams is i I think albert pools and tim Tebow are really exemplary people i mean you know i followed their careers they've each done a lot of things for the community a lot for their families they've done a lot of things that are harder to do you know for other people that aren't as advantaged you know real things not just for show things and that matters i think they're really good decent human beings so it's easy to root for them it would be harder to root for them if they were great athletes. But if they weren't as, you know, great people as they, I think they are.
0: Have you ever met someone that you wanted to meet? Like who? Dan Marino. Oh.
1: Who's my favorite professional football player? I mean, I'm a Dolphin fan. I've been a Dolphin fan my entire life, and I have met him twice.
0: What What were the experiences meeting him?
1: Um, well, the first time I was at a charity dinner, um, and we were at a table, and, um, and the person who organized the table had some sort of VIP thing. So we got into the room and got to take a picture with him. So I have a picture where I'm with Dan Marino. And this was when he was at the, the height of his popularity and skill, and he was just awesome. And then years later, after he retired, I was at a business meeting. It was actually at his house. Um, and I really, I mean, he was there with a group of people, and I didn't get to talk to him, but he participated in the meeting. And um, I just happened to be there.
0: And then I somewhat met him once. You did. And you, this is one thing we did talk about off the mic.
1: Well, yeah, because it's the story that really says the most about you, probably. Because there's, I mean, there's a lot of wonderful things I could say about you. But I think when we knew. Yes, by all means. <laughs> when we knew that you were going to become a sports caster and a personality was years and years ago, um, you went to some sort of charity event outdoors.
0: Walk for Autism.
1: Walk for Autism, which was your big charity. We said a lot about you, actually. And I didn't know. Your mom took you. And when she gets home and you come home and my wife goes, you're not going to believe this, but we run until we meet and we're talking to Dan Marino and Tony Segreta, who was the big sportscaster, the newscaster down here. And he was like the epitome of the, of the sports anchor in the South Florida area. And she goes, and Jordan says to them, can I have your autograph? Dan Marino thinks she's talking to him and she's actually asking Tony Segreta for his autograph, got his autograph and didn't get Dan Marino's <laughs> autograph. And I'm not sure how you came home and told me you met Dan Marino and didn't get his autograph, um, but you got Tony Segretto's autograph.
0: I think even his security was like, yeah, sure, just hold on a second. And I was like, for what?
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and that's probably the only time it's ever happened to either one of them. I doubt they remember, but it's, it's got to be amazing that somebody wanted Tony Cigretto's <laughs> autograph and ignored Dan Marino.
0: What's funny is, A few months ago, I found something on my computer. Mom found it and she was cleaning something out of the house. And, you know, when you're like in elementary school and you have to write a journal entry every day, like your teacher is getting ready for class and you just have to write in the morning. They just, you know, five minutes, right. Uh, You know, this weekend I met Tony Segretto. (laughs) He was with Dan Marino, but I said, I want your autograph, Tony. And I wrote, journal about it. And we still have that. And it says like, you know, it's dated 2002. So really did happen. And and we documented it. So it's really funny that, and I, I've, like written about it later on because it does kind of describe. But, you know, now thinking about it, I'm like, why would I, I mean, get the sportscaster athlete? It's kind of, you know, a toss yeah. up.
1: I, it was hard to believe. And I think I think your mom and my wife later on got me a football with Dan Marino's autograph to make up for your not not getting it for me that day. <laughs> and that's true.
0: That's so funny. And we, we've we seen him in passing, you know, he's like a, kind of what you said, a good community member. Um, Absolutely. For folks in South he's Florida. done a lot
1: for people down here for many years
0: so speaking of the Dolphins this year like you're not we we never were like a huge NFL family because we love college football but like now watching the Dolphins have such a great year that's kind of cool for you
1: no it really is I mean obviously much better than they have been in a few years until it looks great and it's hard to remember people my age remember when the Dolphins were dominant because when I was you know 12 13 years old is when they were at their peak under, you know, Don Shula, and they were just unbelievable, and it was great. Um, And then there were the Dan Marino years, but people of your generation don't remember the Dolphins being good, because it's been a long time. But I do remember those eras, and they were great.
0: It's kind of fun to get to see them be good, because at least during my upbringing, I don't remember a time that they were equally as good as they have been now. Can you?
1: No, no. The last time they were really good was when they had Dan Marino, and, and then they made the one Super Bowl. And they made other champ another championship yeah. game, but no. I mean, when he played, I mean, it was so exciting. Besides the fact the team was good, you never thought you were out of it. As long as he had the ball at the end of the game, you really thought you were going to win. It didn't matter. It just didn't matter because he always could do it.
0: They talk about so many of the quarterbacks now that are like you know same thing. When if as long as X has the ball, you're never out of it. And I can think of a few people like that. Who do you think of? Patrick now?
1: Mahomes. I mean, he's the first one that comes to mind. I think Josh Allen, too. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, Mahomes seems magical to me.
0: What's the coolest stadium you've been to, um, college, and maybe baseball?
1: Baseball would be St. Louis Bush Stadium. I mean, that's it's always packed. Everybody's into it. Everybody wears red. People understand the game. You could be sitting next to a Cubs fan, and there's no acrimony. You could talk baseball with them the whole time and say, Hey, it was good Good meeting you. Um, it's just a great environment. People really know baseball. They love the team. College football is great. I've been to a lot of college football games at different stadiums. I mean, the Swamp's pretty special. I mean, it rocks. Yeah. You know, especially when the team's good. And we've been good a lot of times. We were great under Steve Spurrier. It was another one, was sort of like Dan Marino. Like, it didn't matter if the other team scored. When Spurrier was the coach, it didn't matter who the players were. It's just, no worries. He's just going to keep scoring you always felt like you were going to win the game. You know, and then we won the two championships under Urban Meyer, so there've been a lot of good memories.
0: For a family who loves college football so much, we you didn't play football growing up. We're not we're not blessed in like that height <laughs> strength, no. strength no. department. Um but my brother played, I mean, maybe one or two years of flag football. When you're a parent and your kids are playing sports, like how how do you decide or let them decide like what to do and what to play and kind of where, where to go in terms of playing sports?
1: Um, I mean, I think what we did, Well, we'll start with your brother. I mean, we just exposed him to every sport and we didn't push any one sport um, nor push against it. You know, and he tried different sports and he eventually gravitated to baseball, Um, his choice, not ours. And he loved baseball and he started off being a catcher and then he evolved into a pitcher and he worked very, very hard at it, you know, and maximized his skills. So it was really just that. And you were always the competitive cheerleader. And you were always in front, and you were always on the top of the pyramids. And sometimes you fell, not through your own fault, but, you know, there were some broken bones along the way. And a lot of fun, fun memories from that.
0: So just backing up, because I can't let this story go untold. You did coach... He did play flag
1: football once, and
0: you did coach. How do you decide whether to coach
1: or not? And did you coach other sports? I coached baseball a lot with him. I was always like the assistant coach, which was perfect. But I coached flag football one year with one of my best friends who I was in, one of my frat brothers from college. He was in my wedding and one of my closest friends. So he and his son were the, and I were the three coaches of Grant's flag football team. And... Mm -hmm. Graham actually was really good. He was very fast. He was fast. Um, there were a couple games. I mean, there were some great moments where he came through adversity and then one game that he won for us. And You you live vicariously through those moments. But he was easy to coach. He always listened. He was always well-behaved. And you always got the best out of him. You never had issues, which you always had with some of the younger kids and stuff. And he certainly wasn't the star, but he always maximized his potential and did well.
0: And you had one funny story that I always like to tell, but I always butcher it, about the kid on the team that wanted, uh, to, be, he the, wanted to come out of the game. You wanted to come out
1: of the game. Yeah, so we no, we, had one, we had one kid, and I don't know whether he didn't want to be in there or what, but he's not in the game, and he's standing next to my my good friend. And he says, you, his name was Eric, and he goes, well, I want to come out of the game. And he looks at him and goes, you are out of the game. <laughs> but the, the, the best time he's out about your brother, though, there was one game that was scoreless. And we had two quarterbacks. And Grant was not one of them. And the game's scoreless. And they had issues where if they didn't things didn't go well. One was ending up on the bench crying. And then the other one threw the backup threw an interception. And it's like two minutes left in the game. He throws the interception. He comes off. He goes, I'm not going back in. All right, we'll figure it out. But we don't have the ball anyway. The next play, Grant intercepts the ball, unlike the other team's 35. We get the ball back with less than two minutes. We have no quarterback to go in. And Grant's played quarterback a couple times, but not really. Yeah. So the other coach goes, Grant, just go in and play quarterback. First play he takes it and he runs. And he just runs around and he runs 35 yards and we score a touchdown and we win the game. So he intercepted the ball. I don't know if I so, said that. Yeah. He intercepts the ball with two minutes left. And then we have no quarterback. And the next play he runs 35 yards and we
0: win the game. That's the extent of his athleticism. Besides running the New York City Marathon a couple weeks ago. but Yeah, eh. just,
1: North. I mean, like, that's so hard. I mean, like, yeah. you know, I mean, I mean, really.
0: I mean, I, I was trying to catch up with him. I felt like I ran the New York City Marathon. That's true. We walked through Central Park and then Central Park and then again yeah. through Central Park. But yeah. I
1: do think I'm faster than him in a short race. Right. Even now. I mean, back when I was his age, I definitely was faster than
0: him. So speaking of that, this episode's going to come out on Wednesday, um, our Thanksgiving episode. And then Thursday, you're going to run a turkey trot. What's what's
1: what it's on the table for that? Like, you know. So, so he he runs the New York Marathon two weeks ago, and I think I'm like had this trepidation about finishing this turkey trot that's three miles and a little bit, <laughs> and I've done it a few times I've with heard him, been training. and I have been training, and, like, him, and I'm still not sure I can finish it.
0: Okay, so what it, what's the goal, and then what does the winner get? The faster person.
1: The goal is finishing. <laughs> <laughs> And the other goal is to finish ahead of him. So, as soon as we get to the finish line, I'm going to put my arm out yeah. and slow him down, and then I'm going to go across. And then his mom's going to yell at me, of course, yeah. and, and declare that he won. Yeah. But he runs down to my pace because I can't even come close to running his pace.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll, I, you know, I said I wasn't going to go to the turkey trap, but maybe I could go as like deflect.
1: Yes. So, and you're going to come now because you told me you wouldn't, which was really a disappointment.
0: I know. We'll see. We'll but see means like no. I just, I think we'll you should see. come.
1: We'll see. We're on TV. You should come.
0: I know, I know. Um, so, I, like you said, I played or I did competitive cheering. I was never athletic, but when I, my whole thing growing up was I wanted to go to a good college, but I also wanted to go somewhere with sport, good sports. As soon as mm-hmm. I started liking sports, I was like, where should I go? And I'm hating that we're admitting this on the record. Um, but what was, you told me. What school yeah. did you tell me to go to when
1: Duke. I was little? Yeah. I said to go to Duke because you asked me when you're really little. I said, well, look, it's great academics and they have great sports, not football, but basketball. They were just kind of coming into their own yeah. late 70s and, and all that. They had started winning and then starting to dominate. And I said, look, this school has the best of, of all worlds. And then one year you were playing basketball and I think you're on the team that was Duke because they all had different colleges. Should we talk about how many points you scored?
0: The total on the whole year was two, but it unfortunately was not for my team.
1: No, you scored <laughs> an own basket where you, <laughs> you threw the ball into your own basket. And those are the only points you scored all year. But I, you were really cute in the outfit and you would wait for everybody to throw you the ball and they kind of never would. <laughs> but you never got mad and this and that.
0: So. I, I, I left pretty embarrassed that game than when I scored because I, I rebounded the ball, and then I just didn't dribble it
1: anywhere. No, you just shot it and scored <laughs> your own shot basket. It
0: and scored in my own basket, but I was wearing Duke clothes. So that had to have been some kind of bad luck. Oh,
1: it, was, it was terrible luck.
0: I, like, but, now you're wearing Tar Heels, which we appre- appreciate as they're in the Maui Invitational. Um, and we love
1: the Tar Heels, and we root against Duke every
0: time. Every time. Um, and, you, I mean, you've interpre- like it, interpreted and taken on that, that heat. Like when you go to Carolina, you just hate Duke so much. And you hated it from the second we stepped onto Carolina State <laughs> as college, like you're touring colleges. It's,
1: no, it's true. We went to visit UNC, which I really had no expectation of. I'd never been there. We were going to Duke the next day, which is sort of in my mind, where I thought you might want to go. And then we went to UVA Yeah. and we loved Duke. I mean, we left Carolina. We didn't like Duke so much. And we really liked UVA a lot. Yeah, we applied right. to both schools. And you got into both schools,
0: but Carolina was your first
1: choice. We loved Carolina.
0: And now, I mean, we're, I would say like all we, we really adopt like the teams where we go Um, when having, I think I was talking to Danielle Musselman about this, but like the team that gives you your degree, like that's your team. I will always root for Arkansas to do well having covered them, but UNC gave me a diploma. So that's my number one team. Yes. Especially when they play each other, like they did in the super regional last year Um, but Carolina, like you've become such a big fan. Like you'll text me during football games, basketball games, obviously last year, having been the uphill, like, you know, road and then kind of the, the fall at the end, but we just never even expected them to get there. And then I think what's cool is you and I have talked about this. And I think you talked to a friend about this, Carolina, not only beating Duke in coach K's last game, at Cameron, but then in the Final Four, was more significant as a Carolina fan than it would have been for us to win the national championship last year. Do you feel the same?
1: I think so. Because, I mean, nothing against Coach K. He actually is somebody that should be admired. Mm -hmm. Um, But to beat your rival in his last home game when there was such hoopla on his court, when they seemed to have had a much better team and they beat Carolina at UNC... Earlier in the year easily, so you had no expectation of winning. And then to go on that roll, you know, into the tournament and get to the semifinals and play them in the Final Four and in his last game beat them. I mean, every Carolina fan's gonna remember that yeah. forever. More than they're gonna remember which year that they didn't win this national championship. But they had a great year. I mean, really, it's they really went on a roll and they finished very strong.
0: And and because it was so kind of unexpected, like this year there's so much, right? You and I have talked about having the number one in front of your name, there's such high expectations. Now you want that road to redemption like we saw in 2016 and 17. You want to get to the national championship. Last year in Hubert Davis's first year, if you get to the national championship, that is just exceeding any expectation that that team would have. So then to do all of those things that they did um, with a young team, I thought was phenomenal.
1: No, it is. Especially when you take the fact that Hubert Davis played at North Carolina, yeah. that he was an assistant coach for so many years, that he was the heir apparent to a great coach who was the heir that followed Dean Smith, who was an all-time great coach. I mean, you talking about Hall of Fame coaches, and he's the obvious heir apparent, so you want him to do well. And it's not that easy to follow a legend, and to do as well as he did and to be as good a guy as he seems to be, it's easy to root for North Carolina. It just is.
0: So one really cool thing that you and I have gotten to do together that is sports related is, and reminds me of Hubert Davis, is he was a National Sports Media Association honoree as coach of the year this past year when I was recognized as Arkansas Sportscaster of the Year for 2021. So in the summer of 2022, I got to go to Winston-Salem and be honored and Um, it was so cool. And so he was there and I, all I wanted to do was meet Hubert Davis and he, I think he had some coaching obligations. So he came in and he left and I was so upset not to meet him, but the cool thing was I got to bring a guest and I brought you. Yes. And we had so much fun that weekend. Um, back to your, in sports knowledge, we, what, we got really high in trivia.
1: We did really well in trivia. (laughs) I mean, I think out of 21 teams, we finished like 3rd or 4th? Yeah, I
0: shouldn't say we got really high interview. We, we did, did really, really well. <laughs> we did really well
1: and we had a lot of <laughs> it fun. This
0: wrong. And,
1: and, and by the way, you didn't get to meet Hubert Davis, which you really wanted to do, but you did get to meet somebody who's pretty darn special Tell and a great is. athlete, Charles Barkley.
0: You did.
1: You did. And we got great pictures and he was extremely nice. And then after you met him, you said, wait, I want you to meet my father. And I wasn't expecting, it. I was just standing off to the side and I got to say hello and get a picture with him. And he was genuinely nice. And what people don't know is he doesn't just take a picture and turn to the next person. He talked to everybody, everybody that waited in line for a picture. He talked to and exchanged pleasantries. And when you said and introduced yourself, he said, I'm Jordan Black. I was Arkansas Sportscaster of the Year or whatever. He goes, I know who you are.
0: It was And I heard him say that
1: to you. It was very kind. And
0: even if he didn't, I'll always remember that. Yes. It's like you and I talk about all the time, sports related or not. You always remember certain things. And I can think of in. example of something else with a media person, not sports related that I'll always remember. Um, And I don't know if you guys remember this story, but, um, and it wasn't, it wasn't mean, but um, our first trip to New York, we saw, and I won't won't say who the person was because I know it wasn't mean, but they were, the person was someone on the Today Show. They were with their family. We ran into them at the Intrepid Museum. You, you went up to this person and said, all my, all my daughter wants to do is be, um, on, on the, the Today day show. show. Can she get your autograph? We didn't even have cell phones that yeah. took pictures at the time. It was 2005 or 2006. Yeah. And he said, I don't do that with my family, which I so respect and get when you're yeah. that famous, but I'll always remember it, right? Yes. Um,
1: well, especially because then the day we went to watch the Today Show being filmed, I ended up next to him, coincidentally, and I'm like, oh my God. And I thought he'd remember and said, oh, let me meet your daughter. And, yeah. you know, she's up here for this trip. And no, he no, didn't blew me off. I know.
0: And it it, it it doesn't tarnish my, you know, what I think about that person, but I just I'll always remember my interaction with Charles Barkley, I'll always remember how kind um, Ernie Johnson was to I'm us. i was going
1: to tell you, the contrast is Ernie Johnson was great. He was so nice, so down to earth, so humble. Just in his, um, the, the speech he gave, the forum that he was in, where you had questions and answers, mm-hmm. and I remember the first night we were in the elevator with him, and everybody was just saying hello to everybody, and we obviously knew who he was, Yeah, I did not let on that I knew or anything. I just said I'm Dave, and he said, "Hi, I'm Ernie." Yeah. He could have said, "I'm Ernie Johnson. I'm this and that. I'm in a I'm a big deal." No, I'm Ernie, and he talked to you like Ernie to David. Mm-hmm. Um, and his wife was really nice, so that stood out to me too.
0: It was such a cool weekend, and like we got so much out of it too, because we did like the forums with all these people, and we met some nice people. And I, funny enough, you did some networking. We didn't introduce Good. you as you're an attorney, and you did some you did some lawyer networking. <laughs> I
1: met a very nice lawyer from Maryland and, and then we've stayed in touch and referred some cases. So it was very yeah, nice. Yeah. But um, no, that weekend was all about you. It, and it was, was a really great cool. weekend.
0: Yeah, I think we've we've gotten to do some really cool things. Um, And I, the other really fun memory I have is when you came to visit at Arkansas and I was working. The Arkansas Auburn game. And I was working a lot of the weekend, mm-hmm. um, but you came to so much of the game. And actually, this is this is a funny story. So they would not give me a pass <laughs> onto the the field, and uh, and I had worked a show. You know, we did our thirty minute pregame show. You came to the show, and all you, all you wanted to do, and all I wanted to do, was bring you on the field. Yep. You've never been on a college football field, right? You said no. I think we snuck on the date when they were setting it up. Yeah. And so, uh, your first name's David. We had a photographer named David, and I just grabbed that credential, and <laughs> we took you on as the photojournalist. And, yeah. and we were on the sidelines, and I just remember, it was so cool, like, to see um, the Auburn team was really good that year. Yeah, they were. Um, They had those huge, who, I'm, I'm trying to remember Re- what
1: Receivers. They had, yeah. Like, really big, and we were watching, because they were warming up near us, and I was like, these guys are really big and fast, <laughs> and everything, and, they caught everything with one hand in this and that in practice. You're like, wow. You don't realize how big and fast they are. That was a good there. Auburn
0: team. Yeah. Until you're down there and you like are looking up at everyone.
1: Yeah. Um And they make it look so easy.
0: Mm-hmm. And we ran into the coach that I had worked for at Carolina. Who's now back there. Yes. Um, So that was really cool. And it was like cool to go to, we went to like half the game because then I had to work, but um going to games together, I think is really fun. We obviously enjoy doing that as a family, but doing it together is really cool. Um, have you been to any games recently that stick out to you or like any games that you've been to, I guess I should just extend it and say like in your lifetime that really stick out to you as sure. the best?
1: Um, well, I was at the all-star game for baseball a few years ago that we had down here. That was fun. Um, I've been to every Marlin playoff game. So they've been in two world series. and They've won both. And I was at game seven here where they beat Cleveland in extra innings on a walk-off, which, I mean, that was pretty special. I mean, I don't know how else a baseball season can end uh, better than a walk-off. And that, that was a lot of fun. And maybe the best was um, in 1985, the Dolphins beat the Bears on Monday Night Football when the Bears were undefeated that year and won the Super Bowl. And they had this overwhelmingly dominant defense that nobody scored against. And Monday Night Football back then was the biggest thing. There wasn't Sunday Night Football. There wasn't Thursday Night. If you're on Monday Night Football, that was a big deal. And that stadium was just electric. It was down in the old Orange Bowl, 15 minutes before the game started. I mean, it was just rocking. And the Dolphins came out and just scored and scored and scored. And they won easy. Maybe 35, 38 points. Back then when you didn't score that many points. Certainly not against the Bears. And it was Dan Marino and Clayton and Duper years and Tony Nathan. And that was an amazing experience. It was just electric.
0: You were telling me about um, Clayton and Duper. You were kind of comparing... Yeah. To um, Waddle and Hill. Yeah.
1: I say they're the clo- Waddle and Hill are the closest things I've seen to Clayton and Duper. Because Clayton and Duper, Duper was super fast, great receiver, and Clayton caught everything. Um, and they were just, you know, Marino would throw it to them, and it's like you felt like they were going to score every single time. And you watch Hill and Waddle, and it's like they're like lights out. I mean, they're so fast and shifty, and, you know, they can score in every play when they get the ball. So this is the closest thing that I've seen to the Dolphin teams of the uh, early to mid eighties.
0: It's fun to watch. Well, you might not be a famous athlete or coach. we did tell Larry Flora that you could have coached alongside him. Um, but Well, I
1: did watching TV
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and I certainly coach when I'm watching baseball. Oh
0: yeah. I'm uh, sure, I'm sure mom can attest to that. Oh, Actually, yeah. I know she can, oh, yeah. um, but you know, I like to do rapid fire and sure. um, I think it's always fun to like learn about people, even though I, I know a lot about you in my 29 years. Um what your your morning routine stays pretty much the same because you're an early riser. What is your morning routine like? And to set the scene again, you're an attorney, you have your own practice. I mean you're you're there, you're not you're not really hybrid or remote like most people are. What is your morning it's routine?
1: Pretty boring, honestly. <laughs> get up, go to work, have coffee, start working. It's quiet in the office, nobody's there, it just work. So it's not that exciting.
0: You still read the newspaper?
1: No. You uh-huh. don't get the newspaper anymore. Uh-huh. No, online I do. I turn on ESPN and CNN and I catch up on sports and news. I don't tell everybody else in the office. Uh, but it's usually after I go through my emails and get done what I need to get done.
0: And your hobbies include, you. I mean, you love working out. And it, I, can, I think we started working out together mm-hmm. when I was in high school and you do pretty intense workouts.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like the camaraderie of the people with whom I work out and different trainers and stuff and it gives me something to do because um, I used to play tennis a little bit, not well, but my tennis buddy moved away many years ago and I haven't played since, but I do like tennis a lot, not golf. Not
0: golf, I
1: know. Just no. like this
0: golf pull, pullover that I got you because it's Peter Millard.
1: Well, you did get it for me. I didn't know it was golf. Yeah. You just told me you got it in it's well, Carolina. Well, because
0: Davis was wearing it and I was like, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Maybe next time you'll get me one of the sports coats that Roy Williams wore, you know, the really nice Alexander Julian.
0: I think you could probably afford them more than I could.
1: Well, you're you're a big <laughs> shot now and you're going to be a big shot. <laughs> um
0: well, didn't we did we meet Alexander Julian or was it his yeah, nephew? We, did. we met him.
1: He was at the store cuz um these stores in Chapel Hill. Yeah. We were there one day and met it. And we were going to get your brother a sport coat till I saw <laughs> the price and I was like, Thank God he didn't like
0: it. Oh my God! <laughs> I think we ended up with a bow tie or something.
1: Yeah, we got him something. Some
0: kind of memorabilia. What's cool about that? So to put it in context, is Alexander Julian is the iconic like look of Roy Williams and kind of that mm-hmm. trendy Southern um, look, kind of preppy. But also, what's cool is when we were there for graduation, he makes the graduation gowns like Carolina blue, but it's also recycled yeah. material, which I always think is a cool yeah. fun fact.
1: And I used to wear Alexander Julian polo shirts when I was younger because they were in style, and it was the brand colors that I just happened to like the pastels and all. So then to actually see that store was kind of like taking me back to my childhood a little bit.
0: You actually are—I um, I don't want to say like a fashionista, but you are you are not into fashion, but you you know what looks good. Like you've always, you, especially when you dressed up, you always knew, especially like men's clothing, men's suits. What started that?
1: I don't know. My wife will tell you that I have all these nice suits that I never wear. Even when we were going to court and we were going out, because now we don't go anywhere. I mean, everything is Zoom. But even back in the day, I would buy these nice suits and they would sit in the closet. and like, nah, it's not worth wearing this suit until they eventually are out of style. Yeah. And I have to give them away. So that's probably the one thing.
0: But you have a good eye for that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I am particular.
0: Yeah. Not really- always
1: dressed up, though. I'd rather wear jeans and sneakers than anything.
0: And now everyone wears athletic clothes all the time. Yeah. Um, if like your ideal day, like on a weekend day, what would you like to be doing?
1: Um, probably work out in the morning, watch college football in the afternoon, go out to dinner
0: with my wife. Yeah. You guys are big foodies. Oh, yeah, we're sitting in front of the bar with all the bourbon.
1: And and we, we love the bourbons that my, we got into it. And you can thank my wife for that because she was watching a show one time called Bourbon Tucky. And I came in and just started watching it with her and she's like, well, we should try this. And she doesn't drink. I mean, I she drinks a little bit now, but I've literally never seen her drunk. Um, and so we we got into the bourbons, and we do like them. So we have we have a few.
0: You like collecting it because wherever we go, we're always keeping an eye out. It's yes. guys, it is a hobby.
1: Yeah, it is. It's fun, but it's you want to drink it. You know, you have it, you want to try it, and your brother does like them now. The higher proof, more yeah. than I do.
0: So much so that the dog's name is Bourbon. I was thinking when we were saying Bourbon, he's going to probably start barking. Yeah, <laughs> when he, he is saying his name. Yes. Um. Wait. One question. Other question that I was thinking of. When you guys started dating, was it important to you to have somebody that knew about sports, or how? How did you learn that mom knew a lot about sports, and how did you guys kind of start talking about that?
1: So our first date was a blind date. Um, I used to work with her with our brother-in-law, and um, she's really cute. She must have talked 45 minutes straight at dinner without my (laughs) saying a word. I mean, I don't know that she'll deny it, but she just kept talking. I was just sitting there listening, and I don't know how we talk basketball. And I said something, I went, something about Carl Malone. I have no idea what led to that. And she goes, oh, the mailman. I'm like, how could you possibly know his nickname? And it kind of went from there that she actually really likes sports. So, you know, and she likes football. She likes the Gators. She likes the Cardinals, Marlins. We go to the games. Like, we have Marlins tickets we share at the office. If I ever want to go, she always wants to go. She does genuinely like sports.
0: Was it important to you? Like, I always felt like, you know, I always wanted to date a guy, which, you know, like, kind of sounds easier. The, the new sports like sports, not necessarily my teams, but. Yeah.
1: No, I think it's important. It gives you something in common. Mm. And um, I think it's very appealing, you know, mm-hmm. um, to, have, you know, a mate who likes sports. And, I mean, I have some friend. I have one friend that I grew up with at camp from years ago she's a diehard Ohio State fan. And a shout out to her because they're playing that other team, which it's such a rivalry. She won't ever say the name of the yeah. team they're playing this week. She calls them T-T-U-N, that team up north. Just okay. won't say the name. But it matters. you know. And so you know, re- reach out this week and say, hey, good luck this week. And she's into it. So I'm sure for her husband, that's really nice, too. But I think it's just something because it matters to me a lot. I watch a lot of sports. Yeah. I enjoy it. So it's nice that, that she does like it.
0: Not like a deal breaker, but it's a, obviously a nice added bonus. Yes. Um, speaking, And of, your
1: boyfriend likes sports, so yeah. that helps. I mean, that was the deal breaker for you, right?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call it a deal breaker, but obviously when you date people who aren't into the same things as you, right, like it's hard to relate. Yeah. Um, so it's nice to have somebody. He, he actually loves the NFL and I I wasn't really big into fantasy football until I met him. And you're not big into fantasy, but that's definitely become a fun Sunday thing for us yeah. just to watch sunday football and we've gotten him more into college so we try to get him onto the gators but living in arkansas i became an arkansas fan
1: well depends how long he expects to date you because <laughs> he better become a gator fan really soon
0: okay so it's rivalry weekend oh yeah this is going to air wednesday um and we have a our our family so talk for people who don't um, have the perspective of growing up in, in a town or a state with college football, but then especially in Florida where there are three distinct college football teams, what it means when you love one of them and how you have to hate the other ones.
1: You definitely root against the other ones. Um, I will root against FSU, although I did meet Bobby Bowden once and I, I liked him a lot. He was extremely nice and he's a good guy, so I liked him, but I will root against FSU and I'll always root against Miami no matter who they play. Anywhere, anytime, I will always want them to lose.
0: With pleasure. With
1: absolute pleasure. (laughs) But I will tell you, rivalries matter because like when we play um, Georgia or LSU, those games really matter more than any others, and you need the rivals. You want to play the rival games. I don't really dislike either of those or any of those Gator rivals because I need them because those games matter, and you want that. They need us as much as we need them. Miami's a little different. Miami, I would say, is dislike would be polite. And I'm, I know they dislike us because I've been to those games where we play them. That's that's a pretty bitter rival. FSU and Florida are significant rivals. I'm not sure there's quite the hatred. I think we both agree on one thing, which is we both root against Miami, um, you know. And I'm sure if I'd gone to one of the other schools, I'd probably feel the same way for that school.
0: It's always funny because, like, I think about it from the Carolina perspective. Like, we play NC State uh, in rivalry weekend um and I would argue that Duke is the bigger rival, certainly on the basketball court. But there is a big NC State rivalry. We were never allowed to wear red in the college in the football office mm-hmm. um, at Carolina. But then, you know, I'm thinking about it from the Florida perspective. Like, wouldn't it be so cool to play Miami on rivalry weekend? But it's always been Florida State. And I don't think I recall how or when that started.
1: We don't play Miami very often. Right. We used to play them all the time. And then it had to do with the number of home games you have to have. And because we're in the SEC, we have to play, I think it's eight or maybe nine Mm -hmm. SEC games. So, you know, now you have 12, but you still have 11. And there's only so many games you can schedule. And you have to play FSU. You want to play FSU. So it doesn't leave a lot of room. So eventually, at some point, they don't play every year. And I think we play again in 25. So it's maybe every few years. Personally, I'd like to see us play Miami every year. I think fans of both Miami and Florida would like to see that game because it matters. It matters more than playing some school you really don't care about, you know?
0: Yeah. So should we get a prediction for this year? I mean, Florida State's looked pretty good.
1: Well, I would have felt a lot better until we lost to Vanderbilt, which is really pretty upsetting. So I would have felt better even though the game's at FSU. But um, I'm sure when I bet with my brother-in-law who went to FSU, um, I'm sure I will think the Gators will win. And what's really interesting is when I bet with him, and this says something about FSU people, whenever we're favored, he wants the points. (laughs) <laughs> Whenever he's favorite, there's not a chance he's going to give me a point. You know, it's a one-sided deal. And we did that one year about you'd have the loser had to wear the winner's shirt. And I thought he looked really good in a gator shirt. I really, really did. And he never would make the bet again.
0: <laughs> well, who doesn't look good in orange and blue, right? Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. It's like
0: Carolina blue. It just looks good on everyone. Carolina
1: blue is perfect. Yeah. Much better than whatever
0: that blue is that Duke wears. Yeah. It's just wrong.
1: Yeah. yeah. It just doesn't work.
0: Um. Well... The reason we do, are doing this for Thanksgiving week is because um, Thanksgiving is when you talk about what you're grateful for. And I'm just so grateful that you're my dad and that you instilled all of this sports knowledge and everything in me and obviously confidence and support and all of those things. So thank you. Um, and thanks for doing this, because I know it's it's not what you commonly do, but I think you did a great job. Did you have fun?
1: No, it really was a lot of fun. And, and what your mom and I are most thankful for is you and your brother. Because every parent should think their child is the most special, and we do think you're the most special, and we've been blessed to have both you and your brother, who are extremely special to us, and people that know you realize how special you are, and hopefully you'll remember that when you're famous and on Sports <laughs> Center or the Today Show or something like that.
0: Well, you will be. The same, um, and we should say a uh, thank you to um, again to, to Grant for helping us set up, but uh, my good friend Jamie, this was her idea. She was. She said, um, you know, for Thanksgiving week, wouldn't it be fun to do? Not only are you going to be home, but also you're, you know, sharing what you're grateful for. Like, wouldn't this be a good idea? So I wanted to make sure I uh, let her know that I was grateful for the idea because I I think it's a good one.
1: It was fun. Thanks. I I don't know how many people will find it interesting, but for me to spend time with you and do this was certainly great.
0: Well, I'll be here all week.
1: Okay. Well. There's plenty of games on TV we can watch, (laughs) right? And you're going to come watch the Turkey Trout with your brother and me.
0: That is TBD. Um, I always ask everyone where they can find you, but I knew better because you're not on social media.
1: Okay. But so everyone can follow me
0: me and follow Scoop DeJour. Follow you. You're the famous one. Subscribe. I want to be famous. And uh, like the show, and um, follow Jordan Black and Scoop Jour and uh, we to just follow him by association.
1: That sounds good. (laughs) Love
0: you. Love you.